friends. Good morning, night or noon. It's Sharika, and we're here for another episode of Conversations with Sharika with my lovely co-host, Kiana the Saxophonist. How are you, friend? I'm so good. It has been far too long. I know. I've been moving and whatnot. Yes. Kiana has a new space. Yes, I do. Kiana does hair. Yes, I do. She's a saxophonist. Yes, you I do am. Do eyelashes and stuff? I don't no, do eyelashes, but I do I do and stuff, which goes with like art and all other things that I do. But yeah. Like nails and stuff? I do nails and stuff and stuff. See? So we're, A little bit of this and that. We are a pretty creative pair where she yes. does hair and the saxophonist and things like that. I can wear some hair. Yes. Period. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, I can apply light makeup. Yes. And I can sing. Yes, she can. I have Amazing. Music coming out July tenth. Mm-hmm. Jesus made a way. My he did. Long, seemingly a long-awaited single because a lot of people really like this song. It's I, dope. Um, I sung that song for the first time in February of 2018, and it's just now making its way. So I charge wow. it to God's timing. Yes, everything is his say, timing. I'm not going to say I'm behind or I'm missing out on anything. Yeah. It's all in good time, and the Lord knows what we need when we need it. When yeah. We need it and and he comes bursting it. through the seams, girl. Period. It's a nice a really Russian wind coming. Mm-hmm. So I hope everybody is okay and being safe out there and being encouraged in these very odd times that we are living in. Yes. And not succumbing to what's going on, but rising above. Yes, we don't need everything. no sinking sand. Period. Stay afloat, when y'all. All the ground is sinking sand on mm. Christ's solid rock. Come on. I stand. So Come y'all keep on. standing on that. So today, um, we may step on somebody's toes. <laughs> but, I mean, it is what it is. This is what. I it. cannot do with that <laughs> reference. This is because of the video. It wipes me out. Every that time, guy. Every just, time. Reverend Colby. He wipes Bishop, me out, Bishop, Reverend y'all. Pastor Colby, whatnot. Ooh, um, my Lord. But this is what this platform is for, to have these types of conversations that people kind of have silently, like in the background, but it yeah. needs to be up front so yeah. that we can deal with things and not repeat. Same cycles. Yes, I'm going to agree. And yeah, Jonathan McReynolds wrote a song about cycles. Mm-hmm. Let's break them. Yes, right. When you can, when you can confront something, then you can overcome it. So, Amen. Write that um, down. Period. Confront. When Confrontation you, leads when you to confront something, then you can overcome yes, it. Yes, deliverance. Period. So this is like a really huge double standard in the church that I've noticed because I am. Um, an advocate for the kids. Yes. When I say the kids, I mean the uh, homosexual community in the church. Why am I an advocate? Because everybody deserves to be loved. We should not be shunning anyone. You can, like, we know what the Bible says and we know how we feel, but there's a certain way to address certain situations. Absolutely. To make sure everybody sees Christ in you and yes. receives receives the love of the Lord. I always say that um, you may be the last Jesus that somebody sees. I agree. And I would hate for anybody to turn Christ away because I was bashing them over the head about their lifestyle. So that's why I say I'm an advocate 
for the kids in the church because you cannot turn people away and treat them dirty right. be based on how they choose to live their lives but be somewhat in support of a liar. Yeah. Even the Bible says uh-huh. a liar will not tarry in the eyesight of God. Yes. So I th- it's just something I think that we should really talk about because I have a lot of friends who are um, a part of the community. Their names don't need to be said because it's nobody's business. Just know that I have friends who are, I have acquaintances, (laughs) associates. I have met people who, um, who live the lifestyle, but some of them do it in secret for fear of being judged or, yeah, or being judged. Just people just being mean to them. Yeah. You know, because everybody wants to be loved, deserves to be loved. And so with that, we come to in the church um, that double standard. Or can we say double standard, though? Yeah, because when you talk about um, how they're accepted in this particular area Mm -hmm. and in the ministry, like we talked about, like singing and things like that, it's all fine. But then any other display or anything else is kind of shunned. So I think that's the double standard, just knowing that in one way we're okay mm-hmm. and then another we're not. Um, and I don't mean we because I don't associate myself with the church, <laughs> uh, meaning the idea of, or that system. But I definitely feel like um, we have to get to a space where we're being more understanding of all people, regardless of exactly. what their thing is that's right. different than you because – sexuality, being um, lustful versus, you know, uh, your orientation. Mm-hmm. It's like, so, so what's the difference? You know what I mean? Right, Someone which can who, be frustrating. Like, you yes. will have, like, an, an, a level of acceptance for somebody lusting after the opposite sex. Yeah. So, of course, you right. maybe turn a blind eye to the, like, we're going to pray over it, da, da, da. But if right. somebody's lusting after somebody of the same sex, then, oh, you going straight to hell? Right. Well, so is that other person, yes. too. Like, why is there a why difference there? Why are we normalizing there? that? Exactly. As if all, I mean, and we're in a generation where we were, you know, it wasn't hid from us like it was for maybe our grandparents and, and things like that mm-hmm. when it really came out, homosexuality and, and all these things, you know, that took place maybe, I would say, maybe the 60s. Don't quote me. But I think that was a time where people kind of rejected a lot of ideas. And we're in a place now where it's in our face. You know, why do we have to feel a way about it? You know, like there's so many things that people struggle with. Some people don't even consider sexuality to be a struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. So how dare we, we, I'm saying we again, as if I just, I am that group, but how dare some people separate those that struggle quote unquote with one thing and then the others are okay because they seem the normal struggles Mm -hmm. you know why is homosexuality the unacceptable struggle right it's it's very frustrating again that's why i say i am an advocate because Mm -hmm. like i know what that's like for somebody to come for you because of the way that you look, because I'm a juicy girl or whatever, Beautiful, right? Beautiful juicy. Beautiful, juicy girl. Yes. I'm curved where I need to be curved and proportioned. Yet, yes. I may not be uh, the standard of someone's beauty. 
Mm-hmm. So I know how it is to find out behind my back how pe- what people are saying about how I look. Yeah. But not saying it to me. And I think it's so much more hurtful to know that it's happening in secret and getting back to you in a different avenue than for it to be like dealt with head on. Like, don't, that's my, one of my pet peeves. Don't tell me what's wrong with me without giving me a solution. Yeah. Without helping me like deal with it. And that's why, um, like I said, while I'm an advocate for those, I will defend the community in church because. You don't know what they are going through behind Absolutely. closed doors. You know what I mean? What may don't know, don't know you any don't know, of it. Period. Any of it. They just have a they look down upon it, frown at it. Because you know why? Because I think it's the more quote unquote evident um right. look. You know what I mean? Right. To for lack of a better term, because this is how the folks view it sin. Yeah. Or whatnot. Because it's in your posture. Right. It's some more more evident than somebody who is sleeping with everybody in the church. Right. You know, the but, only way that would be evident is somebody wound up pregnant right. or you get a call that uh you burn because you didn't touch the uh oh. Right. Yeah, you got a little sting. A little sting operation. Huh? Step on somebody's huh? toes. Step on somebody's toes. But the but, alcoholic can just Flush their mouth with the, exactly uh, with some Listerine and come to the church. You never know how many functioning alcoholics or drug addicts are mm-hmm. in the church. Take a and shot again, before they walk in. Even with those people who may be struggling with that, they're even afraid to come forward because they know what the repercussions will be. Yeah, if they do, and that's and what happened to on. the church being the hospital or therapy. Right. Session, you know what I mean. This yeah. should be the place where I can go. Well, it's like to be a, loved. An example is being set by casting out the homosexuality mm-hmm. um, or the 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 community because now that's where the fear comes from. Instead of knowing how to go to seek wise counsel or go to your brethren and and have someone pray or, or all those different steps that we take when it comes to being in need. It's mm-hmm. like we look at the way this group of people, this community is treated, and I don't want to say nothing about what I'm going through because look at what y'all do to them. Right. And then those are the same people that help participate in condemning those people. Laugh when the joke is made during the, the sermon about the community, and it's just unfair. So I, unfair. I'm so bothered so unfair. by and you know, And it's also unfair to me. That's all I was saying. Could this be considered double standard? But it's also unfair to me that you won't accept their lifestyle, but you will accept them working with your right. music ministry. Exactly. That's not fair. Is that a double standard, though? I believe it is. That's not. It's just so unfair. Like, if you can't take me how I am, then why in the world do you think that I can be effective in your ministry? Right. If something is wrong with my lifestyle, then you, man or woman of God, should know that then it must be wrong for me to work within your ministry. Because right. is that is it not supposed to be like a God-ordained thing? And there's that, that leniency because the gift is good. And it, it seems like it doesn't matter what people struggle with. Because you'll see people that's, you know, shacking up and do whatever. That's our, one of our words, the shacking. <laughs> that taking place within that, you know, the music ministry, whatever it is. It's like no one's going to stop that person. Let's say it's a man or a woman who's loose. Or so to, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if they still say that, but you know, the I loose, do. the loose <laughs> folk. It's the like you're not going to tell them that they can't sing because you know that you can trust. On Sunday, they know how to put on that face. They know how to put on that posture, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever they're struggling. They know how to, you know, according to to some people, they know how to go to God and fix it. 
right before service. Right. You know, just like the alcoholic, know how to fix and straighten up right before service. And I think we just kind of disqualify. Why do I keep saying we? I think that my I heart think- wants to connect with the with the church, meaning the Christ, the community of Christ. Mm-hmm. But when I think of church, I want to associate with it, but part of me is like, Ugh. But I think it's okay that we are saying we. Yeah. So that um, because of our thought processes, yeah. if we connect with the church, folks can see that, well, everybody okay, is yeah. not like it. And yeah. it's we are confronting mm-hmm. an issue that is constantly happen- happening, especially with us, like, knowing, like, both sides. Yeah. Of it, and I think that like millennials are really rising up in ministry. Absolutely. We see uh, millennial pastors, evangelists, mm-hmm. worship leaders, singers. Yes. We're everywhere. Yes. And millennials, what is the age? The year? I think it's nineteen eighty to really? nineteen ninety four. We may need to pull up a list because there's the Generation X. Jordan is Generation Z. He I was born know. in ninety nine. There's a Z now. Okay. He's a generation. He and his age group. So millennials are the generation after us. Okay, so the what? What are baby boomers? Baby boomers. They were born in the fifties. Those okay. were the babies that were born after Civil War. Not the Lord Jesus after <laughs> World <laughs> War Two. I want to say the millennials uh, year range is from eighty one to ninety six. Oh wow! Those really? are millennials. Yeah. Baby boomers from 46 to 64. Okay, so who's in between the millennials and the boomers? Gen X. 1965 to 1980. That's Generation X? Yeah. Stop. So our parents are Generation X. Shut up. And our grandparents are baby baby boomers. (laughs) Well, my... Baby boomers. My grandparents aren't. My grandparents were like 30s and stuff. Yeah, but still, we, uh, what's the generation before the boomers? That would be me, mom, people, huh? The thirties. Yeah, let me look it up. But uh, g- baby boomers are the generation or the babies that were born after World War Two, because mm-hmm. you had the men coming home oh, and okay, got punching it. like rabbits, booming, and you had <laughs> all these babies, and they started a whole new generation. Revolution. Yeah. yeah. It says. Um, the generation before the baby boomers was the silent generation from 25 to 39. Okay. Silent generation? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they would just sit back, be quiet. Just mm. this is how things go. Okay. Yeah. Then okay. boomers came in. I think it was our parents' generation, Generation X. Yeah. That, no, was it the boomers that rebelled? So know. the boomers no, pushed the boomers out the Generation X. Right, boomers were very us. traditional. Okay. This with the this is during Jim Crow and all that. They yeah. were like very traditional. That's because they followed the values. Silent Those were the ones that would have really just uh, went off on homosexuality. Okay, These are also it. the ones that sent their kids away to have babies. Wow. Because that wasn't a thing. You had to be married, having a baby out of wedlock. Okay, yeah. was like really shunned upon. Like, oh my God, why would you do that? So right. boomers is doing their generation mm. X babies like that. Okay, so Generation X was the um, the generation that rebelled, mm-hmm. and then you have us, the millennials. 
millennials. Wow. And then you have uh, Gen Z. Wow. Millennials, we are very, I'll say, a very special group because we were, so. we saw the introduction of so much technology. Yes. We saw CDs, DVDs, mm-hmm. um, iPods. Debit cards. Debit cards. All of those things. I Apple, the like seeing how Apple. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think we are a very treasure generation, but that also speaks to how we accept things. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why going back to what I was saying, um, millennials, there are so many of us, we have the power to change how things are viewed now. Yeah. How, um, like the discussions that we're having, we have the power to change how things happen. Yeah, change the narrative. Because we are a whole new church. But we can't be paralyzed by what we were taught once upon a time. Yeah. We have to be willing to, like, break the mold or, like, break um, what's expected. Amen. So I can say we because I want to be a part of the change. We have to be. And, girl, and it's tough even, like, for, like, the worship leader. Yeah. Like, um, you want me to come in and lead worship, like, at the church, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't mind because I enjoy getting to Jesus and I want to right. usher other people there. Mm-hmm. But here I am, the worship leader, but sometimes, and I have dealt with this before, like, say I know a song, like a trap song, and I, like, sing and dance to it. Like, oh, no, not the worship leader. <laughs> don't do that. Right, like, we're not allowed to be familiar with any other Don't sort of genre of music. Exactly. Is there a problem with having balance? It depends on what you see balance as. And I think that this is one of those work out your own salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling because what you consider to be balance may be the extreme for someone else or it may be too minor for someone else. So I think each of us has to know and find our own balance because let's say um, sitting amongst a table of friends, one who used to be heavy in alcohol, um, for them, it's not okay to take a drink anymore because of the potential to go backwards. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But them having balance is still being social and still interacting with people where they may drink. That's balance for them. But for somebody like me who admittedly will have a drink here and there, that's my balance. I'm not going around drinking and getting drunk, though. You know what I mean? Um, So I know how to secure myself and say, well, I love the wines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just I do. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's my balance to keep me realizing that, you know, even though the church, the way I grew up, they would be like, Oh, you shouldn't be drinking, even though the Bible says, um, be not drunk with drunk. wine, with to wherein is yourself. excess, but be ye filled with the spirit, because I know the verse. Right. Which to each his own we interpret, but what I see that as um is telling me, be careful with anything that you do, anything that you give in or yield to that changes your thought process, your pattern, your posture. Be careful with that. Right. So I think there has to be balance with your music. I mean, if you are a worship leader and you're filling your ear gates, because it's a gate, if you're filling your ear gate with music that is not necessarily telling a story, <laughs> but it's... 
Jeez. She laughing at me. Not y'all are so, saying, listen, y'all. I, this is a whole vibe. <laughs> y'all just don't know. But um, you're dealing with somebody that, you know, is, is having to lead worship. You have to be careful with what you're filtering in. And that's just wisdom. So their balance can be, hey, let me play a little brandy here and there. But if I'm listening to music that, that has lyrics that are very vulgar, very profane, Mm-hmm. That may start to, it may not alter your belief system, but it will change your, your posture a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe you're not as sensitive to the, to the voice or the, the, the spirit of God, um, when you're leading or when you need to the preliminaries before you lead, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you got so much other music in your system, but that doesn't mean it's, it's against the law. It's against God to play a little this or play a little that. So, um, I think it's, Something that you have to to know for yourself, right? But I think we all need balance. Period. We do, we really do. And while you were um, talking, here's the double standard that uh, oh gosh, that me and Jordan Uh-oh. are a part of. So the double standard of the lay member and the PK. Oh, okay. so why is it that? And I can say this because I am a PK. I've been a part of this uh, platform yeah. for a long time because my people was a bishop. So yeah. that You've been now my dad is pastor, right? So I've always expectation has been all over you. Exactly. So <laughs> I've always been on that side. Yeah. Of it, and we even did a, um, a podcast about nepotism in the church. Mm-hmm. But um, I just want to discuss that now on this subject: the double standard. Why is it that sometimes? Like the uh, PK, what a PK does is not necessarily as attacked as so more so as the lay member. You know what I mean? So say the um, the PK, the pastor's kid. Cuss somebody out. Cuss somebody out. Uh-huh. Was seen cussing somebody out yes. in the local Walmart. Just yes. going nuts, putting them together Popping like on. Sam Jackson. Like, dang. <laughs> Not Sam Jackson. I know you can cuss like that. Sheesh. Okay. okay. You can cuss like that. And the folks will go back to the pastor. You know your daughter did, your son or your daughter did this and that. And, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Did you, and I saw what she had on when she was doing it. Had on some tight shorts. Da, da, da. Right. But in the same store in aisle 13, You'll see the uh, lay member yeah. doing the exact same thing, but we gonna act like that didn't happen. But we okay, gotta put so you more mean, light on this person. Okay, so it's more accepting. I think it's right. just because why of expectation. The, but why is why I don't like that though. Why is the pastor's kids sin or whatever they do more amplified and really the, seen more so than a lay member or even vice versa? I think because the pastor. The eyes are all on the pastor. The pastor's life is, you know, it needs to look like what he's preaching about. Mm-hmm. And if he can get before, and I'm not taking a stance as, as the person that, you know, feels like PK's life should be, you know, uh, scrutinized. But people are looking at the pastor as the person that not only do they look up to, but they consider at all angles, you know, and they admire. So his walk should totally reflect what he's talking about. And his children's walk should reflect what he's talking about. So at the end of the day, I feel like the church, they're going to almost demand the lifestyle of everyone the pastor's closely related to or connected to, to reflect what he's teaching. 
-hmm. Like his home should be filled with nuns, basically. You know what I mean? And that's just that. I don't I don't like it. I think it's really bogus because it is. You don't even, I mean, just the, the walk of a leader, a shepherd in general, there's no way that he's Enochin all day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's preposterous. But I feel like they esteem the pastor, the leader, or anyone in leadership. They esteem them and they expect them to not fall. And if they do fall, know how to uh, not fail in that same space. You mm-hmm. know, we're human. And I think in our generation, we know we're human. Period. And we know that. But I think there's just this expectation that just sits on the heads of everyone, especially the the wife or the husband and the children and the grands and whoever else. It's just annoying that double standards even exist, period. It's much more frustrating that it is experienced in the church where we should be like on the same playing field because we're all trying to get to the same place. right. You know what I mean? And like, don't look world, at me as a role model because period. I'm related to the pastor. And then, like, when the world is beating us all up, yeah, life is coming at us. And then you think you're going to church for refuge, but then even when you get there, say, speaking for uh, someone who is living a homosexual lifestyle, mm-hmm. even when I get there, dang, I still, I'm still getting beat up. Yeah, like I'm still probably frustrated because I can sit up here and run a whole music department yeah. or I can be your strongest tenor yeah. or whatever. But when I come down from here, I can't even like be who I really am. Cause yeah. I know that I'm going to be shunned. That can really like cause somebody not to want to work in the church yeah. or even resent it or, or trust. even trust it or even make it become just a paycheck. Yeah. And now ministry is thrown out of the window because people have the, um, could possibly like not even take it serious anymore. That's what I. That's yeah. my biggest concern about it because I'm very ministry driven. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord first, and it's ministry first, and and I think that's how the Lord created me. That's why I'm an advocate for everything that people are usually against. Yeah, because I think the Lord created me to look like Him in a sense to be welcoming. Yeah. To people who feel and draw like they have all been. men, until, right? Yeah, and so I think that's how my light shines. Yes, I to agree. People. Um, so it just it almost like brings me to tears when I I've listened to how people have been so hurt yeah. in church because you want me here, but I can't do this here, yeah. and or I see how you doing me, but that person isn't getting the same treatment, and I better not. I better not say anything about it or try to defend myself Yeah. because now it's a bigger issue. You know what I mean? What are we going to do as millennials to help change this church? I think there needs to be an open conversation and full disclosure and disclaimer. I'm not coming for the church, born mm-hmm. and raised in church. I love it. I have great foundation from church and musically I have really great foundation from church or whatever, yeah. but just like if I was at my job and I saw things were going wrong, I'm going to file a grievance with my union yeah. to rectify it. This is my grievance. Communication. to Right. Mm, mm, this mm. is my grievance to the Lord and my prayers yeah. concerning my work environment. My union is in heaven, yeah. if I can give an, an analogy. My union is heaven as it relates to ministry. Yeah. Ministry is my work environment. This is what I do, working altars. 
this and that. If I see something going wrong, in my opinion, and my spirit is disturbed based on that, it is my right and my obligation to file a grievance with my union in heaven with yes. the Lord. File a uh, grievance. Let the Lord know in my prayer time what is going Human on. Human resources department. Lord, fix it, period. <laughs> Lord, fix it. Use me. Heaven resources. Help me to be yes. a union rep yes. here on earth. Yeah. To fix this, but give me courage and strength to go forward because I may lose some people along the way. Yeah. But this is just it's something that needs to be rectified. Yeah. It's about like time. Said, it's yeah. about time. And like I said, nothing against the church, but these are just little things that I've noticed that should be talked about. Yeah. Even and then we have all these I love a good conference. But we have all these conferences. Um Based on various things, but I think there needs to be a very real com- conference about conversation. Yeah, and, and coming that out. That we need to have. And we don't need another <laughs> church service. Yeah. If it turns into an altar call because somebody feel like they ready to be freed from whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. that can happen. But I think people are tired of going to church, clapping, singing, hearing yeah. word, but still going home. And the same things are still happening. Yeah. Like a, like a city hall type, town hall type situation. Oh, yeah, where the, the city sh- comes in and they... Yeah, it, that's something bring like... Bring order and address. Yeah, like something has to be done. Because how many people have gone to their graves in yeah. silence cause, and they never like really got that off their chest? Or how many people right. are walking around full of resentment? They never came all the way out with mm-hmm. what's going on because they don't accept this part of me. So why would I give them all of what I'm dealing with, all of what I'm going through? And all right. Or I do, I'll do you one better or have like people who have already died and we buried them and we're still talking about how they function and how they did things and what they could have done mm. better mm. and how it's affecting what's going on right now. Had mm. we had the conversation yeah. when this person was living, I think a lot of things could have changed and they would have been more lifted, less heavy. Right, I'm just, I'm just over. We can go this. on and on about that. On and on, and it's on ugh. and on. It's just time out to stop holding one, hold, stop holding people at a certain standard. Yeah, but don't hold others to that same standard. Yeah. we all need to be held. But just work to out your standard. own salvation. Like, mm-hmm. don't be sweeping around everybody mm-hmm. else's front door. It's plain and simple. It's already hard enough. To keep yourself in a place where you deserve, because it's unmerited favor we're talking about here. Right. So you got to keep your posture in reference to your father who gives unto every man the measure of faith. So it's not something that you just deserve. Exactly. So if you got to, if you already know your lifestyle, whatever you're doing, it doesn't, sexuality, anything that you got going on, do that. Sweep around your own front door because... Now you so busy girded up with words of, of, you know, denial to people that are comfortable with themselves. You're making them run away in fear mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not worrying about you. And now these people are running away from the church. Exactly. The ones with the word. Mm-hmm. I really don't believe that. I mean, can you imagine if someone came out and said, you know what? I'm openly this or that. And you know, how much more we would be okay. I think we just need to rip that Band-Aid off 
because there's things we can do to communicate the love of God through our life with them and then through teachings. But I don't believe we need to really focus on trying to change an individual and make them acceptable to what we want in the ministry in church. Mm -hmm. As long as you're living this life, just don't live it here. Just don't do that here. Don't. That's so unfair. It is so unfair and hurtful. Because their deliverance is so much more beyond the life that they're comfortable with. I have so many friends that are in that community, and I love them so greatly. Not because they're in that community, but because they're authentic. Great people. Wonderful Great people. people. So Period. encouraging. I mean, love me when some of the church... Period. That's the fact. If we've been so honest, That's you know a what fact. I mean? So why can't we accept? And I remember this, a certain um, artist years ago who would always go off on the community. Come mm. out of that. Come out of that. Da, 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 da. Come out of that. Only to find out that he was having an extramarital affair. Wow. And so much other mm-hmm. things were going. So mm-hmm. then it goes back to that. If you're going to have this double standard where you can't live that way but yeah. we're not gonna look at what i'm doing right you know what i mean we have to be so careful with this because we don't know if god or when god should i say will shine a light on what we're doing as yeah. an example of what not to do that's true that's that's why we got to sweep around our own front door have to be so careful this thing this double standard thing is very deep yeah um and it hurts it does you know it what does. i mean it's not just just words that we say and it just, you know, just brushes off and yeah. just swept under a rug or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, this thing stings and it stings very deep. Yes. Just because people are not saying out loud how they feel doesn't mean that they're not feeling. Yeah. Some of them have been hurt so much that they've just become numb and yeah. just go along with the motions. Can't receive your word from you. Can't yeah. receive your worship. And they want that experience. Right. They want the same power, the same Christ, the same love, the same deliverance, the same escape that we seek mm-hmm. when we go to church. And they turn away from going there. So now they have to figure out, well, what other way can I find God besides church? Because the church does this. Mm-hmm. And what answer do we have for them? How right. else can they? And that's the reason why a lot of people, regardless of sexuality, they choose not to go to church. Exactly. Because what? Now what am look, I going to do going there? I, now I can we find are, God a different way. Right. Now we are just that quick, just that easy, losing souls. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people, and it's just so deep how it runs. It's a ripple effect. Losing that fellowship. Losing fellowship, and then people stop. And this is the reason why people stop taking the church serious yeah. and why we, why we are looked at. Mm-hmm. As a mockery, like oh whatever. Yeah, that's why most of most people think that the church is just going to hell anyway. Yeah, and don't trust it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because our very own, the very people that believe what we believe, can't stand to be around us. Right. What in the world is going and on? And they look at how some people uphold these double standards, and it makes them not again. You may be the only Jesus they see. Mm-hmm. This is how we're functioning. It does not make the folks want Jesus. And those of us, like you and I, Keanu, and other people that we know who are serious about ministry, it makes it that much harder to preach word and preach the authenticity and the realness of the word Mm -hmm. to people. And now I have to, it's almost like pulling teeth to help people believe what I believe and um, defend my faith. Yeah. 
or whatever because they see I'm just one person. But to my me, the one person you versus an entire people, body right. of believers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the only one that they see or whatever, and that could be their argument where you're just one person. Yeah, and you're not motivating you enough to make me them? stay here. Exactly. But we can go get coffee and right. talk, and you can minister to me, and we can how hang m- out. How many atheists hmm. have become an atheist based on this? Yeah, because they, they feel like the lifestyle of the church is contradicting to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, how come this doesn't line up with that? And Right, and that's, girl, and that's how we... Slowly transition into and a bunch of condemn, hypocrites. And then we condemn them. Right. Then we talk about the atheists instead of ministering truth to the atheists. And now that their argument will be, you say this about me, but you do this and that. Mm-hmm. And now you have to find word to mm-hmm. defend what you're doing. But what you're doing is not always right. Yeah. We have to be so, so careful. Yeah. Amen. Especially in this day and time when there is so much going on. So much going. Every day we turn on TV. Every month yeah. this year has been something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the people, some people really need the faith community to be an example. And I think that we have failed in so many areas. I agree. I think that we're going to have to be an effective change. We're going to, we, as in the millennials, you and I, we're going to have to um, move from this conversation and progress into into innovating this system, this church system. We're going to have to make a difference because even as we're having this conversation, I'm like, man, I don't want this conversation to end with that period mm-hmm. and say, this is how we feel. We've exhausted our thoughts and come to agree. This is what we think and feel. But what are we going to create? What conversation are we going to have from this point? to make a difference in the environments and the atmospheres that are so heavy and so set in their ways, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a mission. That's a mission. It is a huge mission. That's a lot to take on. I've been praying about purpose and what it is that I am meant to do and the people around me and praying that the Lord would take anybody out who shouldn't and put those who should in my life. To get whatever he needs me to, to get out before. To accomplish his will. Right. Before mm-hmm. he returns or before he calls me home. Whichever one he yes. decides will come first. So be encouraged, friends. Don't be afraid to stand up yes. for what you believe and stand on what you believe. Even if it means somebody's going to be upset, stand up for something or you're going to fall for everything else. I agree. Yes. We have to be so careful. Um, y'all be encouraged in these last and evil days. Get in your word, honey, because I'm not surprised, necessarily surprised at everything that's going on because we've seen it biblically. Yeah. This yeah. has been prophesied over and over throughout the book. So um, be encouraged out there. Understand that there is somebody, somebody fighting for you, mm-hmm. whether it be the Lord or someone. Well, the Lord is always fighting for us. But... Um, Understand somebody is fighting for you. We have intercessors out here that the Lord gives word to and your name and your your name is being whispered in somebody's ear and on somebody's yeah. heart. Yeah. So you are not alone and I'm believing favor to chase after everyone listening. Just because you supported me and listened to Kiana and I and supporting Kiana, whatever's going on, yeah. the little, the smallest things that you're doing. 
I'm believing God to have favor chase you and everything that you believe in God for mm. to come to pass. If it don't happen for me, Kiana, I'm believing God that it'll happen for you. Amen. And I believe the same thing for everyone else. Again, be encouraged. Dream. Dreamers dream. Creators create. Mm. Have these conversations and continue to believe that you'll be greater than you were before. This has been Conversations with Sharika. You can catch all episodes on YouTube now. Hey. On YouTube, Spotify, and Google Play. So if you've okay, missed anything, Google. you can catch up mainly on YouTube. Everybody got YouTube, so boo. Right. So you don't even need to log in for that. <laughs> Period. So get into it. Thank yes. you guys for tuning in. This has been Conversations with Sharika. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.